We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baisley, catch me out. There you go. <laughs> nice. Bert Horford catches, kicks, Dort for the win. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, the Thunder end up losing this one 116-93 to against the Atlanta Hawks, but believe it or not, there was still plenty to talk about between the Ariza trade, obviously we already have touched on the Hamid Diallo trade. Um, a week from tonight, I'm recording this on a Thursday, um, a week from tonight will be the uh, the actual trade, de- or a week from today will be the actual trade deadline. Um, so lots to talk about in this podcast, not to mention there were still quite a few themes to take away from this game, um, as the Thunder did not play quite as well overall as they have, they it, honestly, this entire season. Uh, but regardless, we were able to get into some really good good topics. Uh, I was joined by co-hosts Kamir Marabian and uh, Jacob Niven, and we had a lot of fun in the locker room with you all. Um, if you guys are not already, be sure to download the locker room app because we will be continuing continuing to do these post game podcasts as well as just some hangouts. Uh, for example, next Saturday, or not next, this upcoming Saturday here in two days, we'll be doing just a live like question and answer. Um, it won't be str- like you know downloaded into podcast form unless we just decide to for whatever reason. Uh, but we'll just basically be inviting you guys on to talk with us, hang out. Talk Thunder Hoops, NBA, whatever else. Um, so be sure to download the app. As we are going to try and be a little more interactive on there rather than just answering your questions uh, for the post games. Um, 
And like I mentioned, you know, we, we're having a lot of fun breaking down these post games and, and, and a lot of different things, you know, some emergency podcasts, especially with the trade deadline coming up. Be sure to tune in. But speaking of the trade deadline, Jacob alluded to this um, in our locker room chat that we did or locker room um, room that we opened up and, and we did. But we will be doing a live um, streamed on YouTube, uh, Periscope, Facebook. We'll be doing a live trade uh, trade deadline breakdown for, for basically the last hour leading up to the trade deadline. Um, so as Woj and Shams and everybody else, uh, Mark Stein, as everybody is reporting trades, we will be there to break down hopefully the big ones leading up to the trade deadline. So be sure to tune in to that. But with all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, transition into my chat with Jacob and Kamiar for tonight's game. And like I said, some, some a little bit of a deadline, or trade deadline talk. So here we go. Welcome, everybody, to the Uncontested. Uh, for those of you tuning in on Locker Room, we appreciate you a lot. Excited to get you guys up on stage and talk a little hoops, even in what was a pretty tough game as the Thunder lose uh, 116-93 to against the Atlanta Hawks. Very much felt like a tank game, even though, uh, ironically enough, the Thunder were almost back to full health. I, mean, I, I guess you could say, obviously, Baisley still out with a shoulder injury, um, but Horford was back. Um, Hill obviously still out yet. Tao back um, actually had Spee healthy from the recent trade from the Hamadou Diallo trade. Um, you know, it, we had a pretty healthy lineup tonight, but like I mentioned, the Thunder ended up losing this one by quite a bit, a little bit of a rough game joined by two of my co-hosts, Kamir Morabian and Jacob Niffin. How are you guys? What's up? I'm doing Thank all, you for joining. I'm doing all right, man. I had some wing stop. So hey, there we go. I'll stop talking what? about food now. No, it's okay. <laughs> you got to tell us what what flavor are you getting from Wingstop? I got want... some. I got some lemon pepper. I got yeah. Some, I got some Hawaiian and I got some barbecue. Hawaiian, Ooh. interesting. Yeah. Are you... I was going to say I, I usually go like hot, and then if I'm feeling like oh, see, something different, we, we lost pepper. we lost somebody. You could be, you, <laughs> Yeah, you start guys, talking food and you, you just lose talk, people. They hate just chicken. Unbelievable. Last, yeah. last thing real fast. Are you a, a boneless or a bone-in kind of guy? Boneless because yes. I like nugs. But yes. speaking of bone-in, me and Jake might go to Bobo's this weekend. Hey, that's hey. fair. That is fair. Hey, get me until May and I'll be there with you guys. One day I'm closer excited. to Saturday. It's official. I'll be moving to May. I'm really excited. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> uh, but talk about players who weren't really moving on the offensive end because offense was stagnant. What a, what a horrible transition. Yeah, I know. I was reaching there a little bit. Um, guys, this hey, is a pretty ugly game, just like a pretty bad transition. Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, no. Let, let me just tell you guys, listen to the podcast and those of you who are live on Locker Room with us right now. And if you are live on Locker Room with us right now, uh, start firing off in the chat. Uh, we'll get you guys up on stage here in just a moment, let you guys ask some questions. <laughs> but let me tell you something. This past week and the next seven days, going to be a tough 14 days for uh, the the Thunder aren't tanking crowd. It's going to be a rough 14 days for those folks because it has been laid out by the front office and the coaching staff very, very plainly uh, what the goal of this team is. And yeah, you're going to have a night every now and then like that Memphis Grizzlies game where you just shoot like 50 something percent from three and you, you come away with a win. But more often than not, the odds show you you're going to have nights like tonight where 
you're playing a, again a bunch of G League guys and, and a bunch of kids that are 23 and younger, and they're going to get experience. They're going to get a chance to to grow and showcase what they have, and they are going to lose. Right. Uh, good transition. You know, obviously, uh, bring that up before the trade deadline here. A week from today. Exactly a week. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. One week from today will be the NBA trade trade deadline. Um, we'll have you guys covered there, uh, teasing that a little bit. We'll, we'll be announcing that soon. However, Jacob, that's a pretty good transition as well, just for maybe one of the biggest teams from this game. The Thunder shoot 39-94 from the field, 36.2%. One of the worst shooting performances we have seen from this team in a while. Um, and something else that you mentioned as well, you know, it was something I found interesting that call me our Kamiar and I were talking about in the Slack prior to the game was the starting lineup. Um, Teo was healthy and available. Maybe I shouldn't say completely healthy. seems like they're trying to ease him back in from that thumb injury. But with that being said, he did not start for the first time since like mid-January. Um, the Thunder ended up starting Shea, Lou, Poku, Isaiah Roby, and Al Horford, which was a very unique starting lineup that on I honestly was pretty excited about. Um, they and then, get then they started the start. playing. Yeah, then they started playing. Exactly. It looks <laughs> good on paper, but uh, it certainly did not. Uh, didn't Atlanta? Well. Didn't Atlanta finish with like over fifty percent shooting from? They the shot fifty four percent, forty seven of eighty seven. Holy crap! Just pretty impressive. Although they, this they is just, the crazy part: eleven of thirty three. From three, they were only thirty-two point yeah. three percent less, less than the Thunder. How many? So, how much? How badly did they out rebound OKC too? The last time I checked, they were out rebounding sixty-two to forty-four. So yeah, almost that's what I thought. Yeah, 18. yeah, I knew they got beat up pretty bad on the board. That is not good. I actually don't have points in the paint on this app. Um, one of my other apps I use, I do have that. But um, needless to say, yeah, the, the Thunder kind of got eaten alive uh, inside. Um, and just the defense was pretty poor overall. <laughs> and the time was just was pretty much tough from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think that went through. <laughs> Holy God. <laughs> but the game just started out so pedestrian. And I it was just weird. It looked like OKC had played like four back-to-backs or something like that. They were just so, you know, pedestrian with the ball. Looks yeah, very lackadaisical, it felt they like. Looked, they looked like they were all, like, on their second day after the second COVID vaccine, and, like, they didn't want to be God. there, and they Don't just were, like... Don't talk about that. I'm having PTSD. There's, like, there's like, wa- like, they weren't even... <laughs> they, were, there was, they were not even jogging in the beginning. They were just straight up walking into their offensive sets, and then they it was just terrible. And then the bench came in, so that was nice. Yeah, it was it was an ugly start uh, that just kind of snowballed from there. Um, you know, I mean, the Thunder played played the Hawks pretty even there in the third quarter, um, led by a eleven point by, quarter from Shea, um, somebody who really yeah. struggled in the first half was Shea Gilles Alexander, not finishing around the rim like he was. We didn't see that step back hardly at all in the first in the first half, but the third quarter he comes out pretty much scorching hot, uh, getting to the rim at will, um, finally finishing around the rim this game. It really occurred there in the third. And then um, uh, getting that step back going again. Um, so I thought Shea had a much better third quarter. It just, at that point, the game just was almost felt like it was over. Yeah, I think Shea went into halftime one of eight or one of nine from the field. Um, so not very good. Uh, he barely played in the fourth quarter, but he ended the game eight of 18. So was very efficient in that second half, which was uh, it was nice and it was encouraging, but only thirty minutes for Shea tonight. Right, uh, Taylor. One stat that kind of jumps out to me tonight: 
the Thunder had six guys shoot double figure field goal attempts, which is uh, a lot, right? Yeah. Like that is very yeah. much a, a, an idea of like sharing the wealth and moving the ball. So it's, it's more fun um, to talk about after a win. Oh, hey, Gomer is back. I lost him for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> more fun to talk about after a win. You know, when you lose, it's like, oh, they're tanking. And so they didn't play a lot of their good guys. And, Muskie's not there, and hey man, did any of you guys see Myers Leonard tonight? <laughs> Myers Leonard, you know he didn't he didn't show up. Oh man, he didn't show up for the game. I didn't <laughs> I didn't see him. Oh, there God. it is. I'm so you're, you're, the you're game, although he didn't do anything. Tip your waiters. <laughs> oh, I, I say he didn't do anything. Um, he missed two shots and he had two rebounds. So you there know, you go, getting acclimated. Well, his first go. shot was just a wide open transition three, and I was like, "I if he makes this, it's destiny. If he misses, yeah, right. it, he's Kyle Singler two point <laughs> <laughs> and it's not starting <laughs> off well. Shot. Yeah, not, okay. not off well. As as long as they don't give him a five year contract, he won't be Singler two point So <laughs> that is fair. What a horrible! That is fair. out of everything good Sam Presti ever did. That contract was, <laughs> it was the worst. Holy, which shit. one was worse, Perk's contract or Singler's? Oh, Singler. Singler's, Singler's right because his last Singler Singler forever. deserved it, or he he maybe not he, he earned it. his. He, he earned it. That's a yeah. yeah. There we go. There we All go. All Kyle Singler did was drive his <laughs> beat up Ford Fusion and and suck float tanks. God, <laughs> don't forget the float tanks. Remember when yeah, AD? Never forget when we podcasted with AD and he was, <laughs> he was like off the record. <laughs> awesome. He was like off the record, like not uh, even prompted. We didn't even talk about hey, Kyle um, Singler. And he was like, "Why is one he guy who did have a good night?" <laughs> and who I Ty Jerome did have a monster game. In my opinion, was probably the biggest positive from tonight in a game of not a whole lot of positives. Yeah. At least somebody um, was hitting shots. Exactly. That, I mean, and it's as simple as that. Honestly, I mean, eighteen points, six of ten shooting, six of eight from three. He set a career high in both points and also um, three pointers made. But he was just making some great passes, and and uh, he continues to impress me. Um, even in the games he's had the past couple of games, Kamiar, I felt like um, even when he's not hitting his shots necessarily, he's still impacting the game in other ways. I've been really impressed by by Ty Jerome and actually our good friend Sam Cooper from the Timeline Pod, the Phoenix Suns Blue Hour Podcast, tweeted at tweeted at us um, here two nights ago, I believe, saying like you know he's keeping an eye on Ty Jerome after he had been traded in the Chris Paul trade. You know, Ty Jerome's putting up good stats. Um, you know, what do you guys think? And me and Jacob both had great things to say about him. So call me, I'm curious uh, your, your, your thoughts on, on Ty um, after tonight. And then just, you know, how he's been playing as a whole coming back from the G league bubble. You know, I want, I'm like the, one of the only ones besides you, I guess on the podcast that actually watch college basketball. Yep. And um, Ty Jerome was on those good Syracuse, not Syracuse teams. Um, good Virginia teams that were super defensive minded and um, very fundamental. And so I figured, well, if you're getting a Virginia point guard, he's probably going to be super fundamental. He's not going to be flashy. He's probably going to put a lot of emphasis on his defense and which, which he does. That's exactly what you get. Yeah. That's exactly (laughs) what you get in Ty Jerome. Like he's not going to cross anybody over. He's not going to do anything. That's like incredible with like any sort of skill. I think I hear Jake. I, I hear Jake working with his, fixing his mic. Fiddling with it. That's, nice. <laughs> That's good. That's good news. We made it but uh, yeah, no, he he's good. Like he can hit an open shot. He knows what the right play is. He doesn't risk much. Kind of like uh, Teo. They don't like really like to risk things. So, uh, 
Whereas maybe a Jay, little more than Teo because you do see yeah. Ty kind of, you know what I mean? Like he'll drive uh, what you need. I think that's it. Yeah. He has a great balance where you maybe occasionally let's see Teo be a little more aggressive, although Teo does drive as well and honestly, just wasn't really hitting those floaters. I just hate how slow he is. Oh my god, he is god. so slow. And it's that's like, exactly what the timeline. I mentioned the timeline guys, right? Um, from the Blue Wire Phoenix Suns podcast. Yeah. That's what they told us during that tra- the, the trade podcast that we did with them um, for the the Chris Paul trade, breaking it down, even just talking and like DMs and stuff. They mentioned he is very slow. It's and just you're exactly like right, Connor. It's like every time he has the ball, I'm like watching golf. I get bored uh, because he's so slow. <laughs> it's like watching golf. Like there's not a lot going on, and we all know it's going to end in a pass <laughs> and some sort of fundamental entry path. That is really that's a great analogy. He's not going to take pull up threes, or m- most often he's not going to take pull up threes. He's going to go get the ball, make a fundamental entry pass, whether it's in a right. pick and roll or it's just to the wing, and he's going to go run around and end up in one of the corners. I mean, that's or he's he- going to drive and pull up with a floater, or he's going to take a three-point shot. And honestly, to your like like you were getting at, Kamiar, I mean, he, he's been really good at all of those things, but he is just very, very slow. I don't want to say methodical necessarily, but he definitely is analyzing the game um, at a high level. He has a great basketball IQ, but he he does not have an explosive first step. Um, and it is kind of funny watching him in slow-mo. And almost, he's almost <laughs> able to use that to his advantage. If you watch him in slow-mo, this man is a walk-in. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous how slow this dude is. Like, like imagine, like, him and John Morant guarding each other. That would be like the oh worst gosh. possible scenario ever because there's no explosion. Josh running circles around oh, the entire yeah, there's, game. There's no explosion coming from Ty Jerome. But to his credit, he's a fundamental guy. He's a guy that you can like relatively rely on to get you some nice passes and to play safe and not turn the ball over, which is kind of the exact opposite of what Hami would do. Uh, Ty Jerome sure. has a lot of patience. Uh, Hami did not. Ty that, Jerome... Uh, Ty Jerome uh, is not explosive at all. We just talked about Hami incredibly was. Ty Jerome has a decent jump shot and can hit open ones when he's just like wide open. Hami cannot. So like he's kind of like the exact opposite kind of a ball handler in Hami. Hami's willing to take risks. He likes to dribble and cross over. Ty Jerome's not going to do any of that. Fair. Um, that's right. I, I like that. That's a, a, a good uh, way to contrast. I think those two players are like you said, almost direct opposites, even though yeah. they play similar similar roles. Um, yeah. But so two guys I want to get into that were negatives, and I have one more guy that's kind of a positive that I want to pick your brain on, Kamiar. But two guys that stood out to me tonight who have been playing very well overall recently, but tonight really, I don't want to say really struggle. One of them did really struggle. The other, um, not so much, just not as much opportunity. Um, but I'm speaking of Poku who did really struggle, it seemed like, with um, with Atlanta's um, aggressiveness. Uh, really kind of – it almost looks like they finally had scouted Poku, right? They, they knew how to get under his skin, and he really struggled with it, like with their, their versatility and their aggressiveness. And then Moses Brown, you know, he didn't start tonight, so that's fair. Um, only five points, four rebounds. Again, not so much that he had a necessarily, like, bad game, but just didn't really impact the game as much as he did the past couple when he was starting. So um, wherever you want to start, just give me your thoughts on Moses and Poku, especially tonight, as they both just looked a little different and gets maybe a little more elite competition. You know, gosh, Poku, I don't know if it was like they had gotten a scouting report out or anything, 
because he was being guarded by Trey Young. And yeah, that's a good point. It wasn't they, like he, yeah, that's a good they point. clearly weren't like boxing him in somewhere or making sure like he, the, he was the one that they were going to keep an eye on. The man couldn't, he's like seven foot eight and he couldn't dunk the ball. I think that, yes, he was timid. I, I think he just had an off game. He looked kind of uncomfortable and unsettled the entire time. Uh, every time I see him shoot, I just keep on thinking, "Oh my god, that jump shot is awful <laughs> and kind of broke." Like his, but like his shot's when not it's broken. Going, though it's a, okay, yes, that's they need his shot's not broken, but they're gonna have to rework it, kind of like Brandon Clark, and hopefully they don't mess him up because I don't even know though if it's he releases to, like from his nipples. That's not okay, normal. Fair. Yes, fair, good point. Like using a, his length to his advantage. Oh yeah, and getting a higher release. Absolutely. But Especially, the other thing he needs to do is getting more strength in his legs. That's going to oh, allow yeah. him to because all of his shots when he misses are short. I mean, he never shoots it long. It's either in and perfect, and it's a flat shot, like you said. It's flat. Yeah, it it's goes in, flat. or it's or it's short. I mean, it's just man, in. You can get you can't get away with that if the people you're playing against are threes. Like it, right, that's it, a good point. It, it's, it's so low, so so like they're gonna have to rework his jump shot so he can have a higher release. So a, you know, defenders aren't gonna be able to touch that. Like nobody, maybe Kevin Durant, maybe uh, some and, and Giannis, but nobody else is gonna be able to touch that jump shot. And and b though, like it, I wonder how long it's gonna take him to work on that. But the other guy, Moses, like. I think it's interesting. Uh, I kind of hate it when he's on the floor. I don't think <laughs> I don't think he's gonna be a long term piece. Okay, of the that's Thunder. interesting. I like what, what are you like? What are you trying to get out of him? He's he has cinder blocks for feet. He, he is does. so incredibly slow. He's and very in, raw. And the new in the new NBA, you know, you're gonna need bigs. But you're gonna need bigs that are quick and light on their feet. You like like an Isaiah Roby. He's a good four. You know. And Al Horford, he's like a modern kind of four, even though he wants to be a five, because he's like six foot nine, <laughs> six foot ten. No, you're and, yeah. but he has incredibly long arms, but he has very quick feet. And so, uh, or Moses, did anyways in this prime. Well, he can. He can <laughs> but you're right. He's he still even still now in his older ages. Yeah, absolutely. He can still dip on some threes. He won't be able to handle point guards anymore. But like, he can handle. Like he played Ben Simmons really well earlier this year. Right. And so, like you, Moses Brown, his feet are just like sitting in just concrete, and that's not going to work in the modern NBA. It's not going to work in the NBA from the '90s either. Like you have you're, to be light on your true. feet. So he does. Hey, can hear me? Yeah, we yeah. hear you now. There He's back. Go. Hey, well, that was weird. Uh, call me. I was just listening to you talk about Moses Brown. Uh, I jumped on Nick's post game uh, a couple of nights ago. Moses Brown's build and play style reminds me a little bit of Hashim, Hashim to be, who's yeah. not going to make it ever. Who never made it in the NBA. Either. Here's yeah. the thing that I think is different than, and maybe Jacob. Sorry, this might be what you're getting at, but. The thing that's different between Tabit and Moses is I think Moses, he's a little more aggressive and is able to use that athleticism to his advantage. But I do see what you're saying, Kamir. Like, he's never really in position. He's got to learn to be able to truly use his size and strength to be able to box out um, defenders, if he, you know, if it's offensive rebound or vice versa. But I, I, I see the athleticism. I see, I see the potential but it is tough as well because we don't see him shooting jumpers, right? He doesn't seem to have a great outside or mid-range yeah. shot. Um, he very much a traditional big, but I think you could – I see him more as a Nerlens, right, than oh. a 
than a to be just because of his athleticism. See, I don't think he'll ever move like Nerlens could. I mean, Nerlens right. could and switch that, that's out. What Tom Air was saying like he's yeah. Slow. I mean, Nerlens could switch out on a guard and really contain. True, yeah. But true. The the other thing is like we haven't seen this yet, but like imagine if he would have started tonight. If if he would have started tonight, all Atlanta would have to do is run one five pick and roll because Moses Brown is sinking to the rim every time, and it just would have been open Trey Young three after open Trey Young three, yep, all game long, right? And it's, I mean, he, he whenever you get him into uh, a game that matters, uh, just defensively, I don't know how he's going to hold up, and and maybe he proves me wrong, right? Maybe he ends up being great. I just I'm with Kamiar. I see a guy that that can't move his feet well, has to sink in the pick and roll so far uh, because he's not quick enough to contain up at the point yep. of the screen. Um, and I, I mean, credit to the guy. He's a two way NBA player. He balled out in the bubble. Like shout out to him. I just don't see a place he's, for him in the modern NBA. He's good in the G League because he's like half a foot taller than everybody else. Like that's like when you have you know, him in right, Pope, that's fair. He's just not I mean, going to be. Patton had like yeah. a ridiculous amount of points in the G League when Jacob was covering him. I forget. He will like not some points. <laughs> every he will never ever be a starting caliber player in the NBA. That I agree with. I'm just saying I could see where he gets it together, kind of like Nerlens did, and is a competent backup center who is able to provide a spark off the bench, make things happen. Particularly if he's going up against second unit centers or bigs, right? Where he's the tallest guy and can if he can continue to get stronger um, and, and can can continue to develop and learn under the OKC system. I mean, I just, I see a guy who can come up there and kind of take advantage of second unit bigs. There's a chance of that, but I think maybe he does end up doing that, but I think he's definitely going to end up being like, like an Andre Drummond type, just an empty calorie player. Yeah. He comes in against bench bigs and grabs five rebounds and hits three shots. But at the end of the day, like he is not contributing to winning. He's getting cooked defensively. Uh, he's, he's struggling to really offer anything offensively besides a couple of rebounds and putbacks. Like I just, he screams like, I mean, he was undrafted for a reason, right? I mean, exactly. Right. I get that. I just, I, I I like what the Thunder have been able to bring out of him and, and seeing him, I guess for, for somebody who was undrafted, but, um, to your guys' point, I don't see him being a starting caliber center by any means or, or somebody who's going to have a huge impact on a team. Um, but one last positive of a guy I think can be a huge impact player on a team, a huge positive for a team. This is really interesting um, because Woj actually had in his, uh, his, his trade deadline primer podcast that he dropped today. He mentioned that this is one of, of I guess, like four guys that OKC has been getting a lot of calls on. That's Kenrich Williams. Not a crazy stat line from him tonight by any means, but still 10 points, six rebounds, <laughs> two assists. He's just a guy who does it all. And uh, tonight he just impacted the game in a lot of different lay- ways. And, you know, Kamer, you mentioned this at the beginning of our locker room chat here. Um, you know, that bench came in for OKC and really kind of gave them the spark that they needed to at least contend there towards the end of the, the first half. And a lot of that was due to uh, both Teo, who did play a, a decent game overall, even though he didn't have a huge stat line, and then Kenrich as well. So I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on Kenrich, um, both tonight, this season as a whole. And what do you think about the Thunder looking in, you know, and, and trading him while his value is so high, or should they just keep him long term? I think you trade him, right? I think his value is peaking right now. He's on a controllable 
team-friendly contract for the next two seasons. Uh, trading him allows your team to bottom out this year, which is the goal. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, but at the end of the day, like, is whenever this team gets back to the point of contention, like he's going to be he's older. not going to be around, or he's going to be older. Like, you got to strike on the iron another Kenrich. You really can't. exactly as exactly. much as I love Kenrich and want him to stick around forever. <laughs> he's, he reminds me. I forget what podcast I said this on recently, but he reminds me a lot of Jonathan Simmons from the San Antonio Spurs, a I guy that Jonathan. came in and I think he said I, this on the radio. <laughs> this is I'm just hyping oh, you yeah. up here. You know, your one radio uh, hit you had but, there. You know, I mean, Jonathan Simmons paid five hundred dollars to try out for the Spurs. G league team and ended up contributing on the San Antonio Spurs in playoff games. And Kenrich Williams just kind of strikes me as that kind of guy. He's, he's the dude that the thunder brought in. He's like, he's another feather in the cap of this is what the thunder culture can produce out of these guys that, that are forgotten and cast aside the Dion waiters, the Ennis Cantors, the Nerlens Noel is the, you know, go down and down and down the list. Kenrich Williams is another one of those guys, and I think just his mentality and and his aggressiveness. <laughs> I I think a playoff team can look at him and say, "Hey, we could trade for this guy and essentially give up like nothing. We don't even have to salary match because he's making the minimum, and like we we could end up like he could break into our rotation for the playoffs and be a guy that we could use. Whereas <laughs> I don't think he's going to be around in Oklahoma City when the Thunder eventually make the playoffs again. Right. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, like, <laughs> I just, like, I don't think Kenrich Williams is really honestly that special. I, 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 I feel like, because I, I watched him at TCU, and, like, I thought, okay, he's got an outside shot. Yep. And then any, anything other than that is just so unconventional. You know, like, just him walking, he looks weird. Like, and you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a very, like, funky-looking dude. Not, not looking dude, like, but, like, funky, like, kind of style on the court. Movie, movie like, right. He, it's like he got new legs, like, a week before every game. <laughs> Maybe he's rough. And, and <laughs> so, like, his, his his lower body is, like, crazy legs, man. It makes no sense. <laughs> but, like, since, like, but, like, Jake said, to your point, I thought of DeAndre Liggins, not in the idea that like he's a guard or anything, because, even though they said he was a guard the other day, which blew my mind. <laughs> or Xboxes. Um, God, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's- besides that, um, he's a super high energy guy, super high effort guy. And so just being a very, very effort guy um, makes me think of other players that OKC has like risen their value right. to Good some reason. extent. It, it reminds me of Lance Thomas. You remember that name that went yeah. the, that That's we a got throwback. OKC I got like him it. a contract with the Knicks, and like Liggins got a name with OKC just by being a high effort energy guy. And so that's something you can appreciate. Yes, I mean have- Nick Collison's jersey is hanging in the Raptors right now, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like Kenrich Williams is again. Is he ever going to be a starter on the NBA team? No, but is he going to be a guy that can like get you like six, seven points here, or there, uh, especially off the bench if they're not really playing anybody? Is he versatile because like? He has this weird back to the basket game and also sometimes faces up, which is strange for a dude like how weird his and crazy his legs are. He yeah, does a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah he's and that's what I'm saying. He's, he's like the, a jack of all trades, basically. And so, like, he'll get you something, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and he'll look funny doing it. So, like, he's good. I say trade him, but 
congratulations yeah. to him because he spent didn't he spend like three years at TCU or all four years? He was I'm not I, sure. I was gonna say I'm not sure either, but I know he was a long term TCU player and then really just kinda had to grind his way into league, yeah, right? Like he, he was almost like throw in in that season. His his trajectory, kind of the NBA, reminds me of Ab- Abdul Nader. I mean, he was a he was like one oh, of the, I like that comp. He was I one of the too. he was one of the lesser known guys on that TCU team. Like that Desmond Bain guy, who was in the NBA, is Bain's a shooter. Yeah, and, and well, he was just from from Memphis, right? right? And so, I mean, he was one of the lesser guys on that TCU team that could pour in it, pour it in from the outside, and that's what Abdul Nader was. He was like he wasn't. The, who was who was the guy at at uh, Iowa State? George, George Niang and yeah. Monte Morris were ahead of uh, Abdul Nader, and he just made Deontay Burton. Yeah, and so <laughs> it's just very interesting. But I like I like Kenrich. I like that. That's a good comparison. So just to recap, because um, there's one more thing I want to bring up to you all, and I will obviously want to go ahead and uh, hear pretty quickly invite some of these uh, listeners on to the stage and, and talk with us. But um, just on the other side for Atlanta, super quickly, John Collins, 19 points, a 11 from the field. Um, Kevin Herter had 10 points. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, six rebounds, which was something unique for him, I think, but nothing major there. But Trey Young, 23 points, 9 of 15 shooting, only two of six from three. Uh, maybe a little bit of a Lou Dort effect there, something to mention. But Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich, finally healthy, 23 points, um, 9 of 14 from the field, 5 of 9 from three, really scorched the thunder tonight. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about the Trey Young versus SGA. Like, who would you start your franchise with? And I'm not really, you know, this obviously wasn't the, the one-on-one matchup we were really looking forward to um, that we were hoping for tonight from either of those guys. But I I don't think the, the verdict was really changed much here from this game alone. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, 
you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I was unimpressed by Shea for the most part until the third quarter happened. But then the third, then the, the third same quarter for happened for Trey. <laughs> and, and, and same for Trey. Uh, I mean, like, who would I build my franchise around? That's like a very easy question. Uh, I mean, because Shea has so many tools and his three-point right. percentage is only going up. And Trey, your options are limited. I mean, he can't play he can score. He can't he play can make some flashy passes. Exactly. But he can't and, play and, defense. And he, he, will, really... he will never be able to play defense. He's so right. small. Uh, even if he like gets super buff, he's not ever going to be able to play defense on an effective level. Um, and uh, he, he's just like Steph with, with better ankles. Um, so <laughs> with better ankles. And I mean, realistically, less, less he is. And, and, and like, yeah, I mean, he'll get there shooting wise. The he'll get there shooting wise because Steph spent three, four years at Davidson. Trey was only a one year guy at Oklahoma. That's, okay, that's a done. fair point. That that is a great point. And so Steph's. I mean, he's still uh, uh, Trey's still developing in the NBA and SGA. That's a good point. Same thing, but SGA he say, plays the same position. He's long. He's athletic. He can do a lot of things just because of his frame. He can put on a lot more muscle. Peyton, not like Jalen Brown proportions, even though that, I think that'd be dope to see. But he can s- still like do a lot of things with his body. Um, he's he's great at passing and assisting. Um, he just he needs a John Collins. What Shea needs to like make his stats look better. I mean, but gosh, you still go Shea every time, right? I agree. Yeah, no, and and Gamiar, I think basically everything you just said. Uh, Shea's just more versatile. He can do more things on the court where Trey is kind of pigeonholed into just being a one because of his size uh, and because of his physical limitations, right? It's, I mean, you call me, are you cover football? You know, this probably better than anybody. Like anybody can, can play well, right? You can see guys in high school that play well, but really when it comes down to um, who would you rather have and, and what guys are going to make it, it's guys that are bigger, stronger, and faster. And and Shea Gilgis Alexander is bigger, stronger, and faster than Trey Young. And that gives him more opportunities and allows him to be more versatile on the court, right? So But on both ends uh, of the floor as well, too. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Point. I mean, yeah, Trey cannot hold up defensively at all. Um, hey Taylor, you kind of mentioned this a second ago, but I wanted to jump into this real quick. And I think this is probably a good transition also to get some of these people on stage. But hey. Send me invites to come on stage. You guys have something to say. And if not, I'm just going to make Sean Silver come on and talk with us. So, <laughs> so go ahead and submit submit your uh, speaker request. So um, <laughs> Thunder have made two trades. Yes, Comedy Diallo out the door, uh, Trevor Ariza out the door, netting them two future 2027 second round picks. Um, Adrian Wojnarowski, like you mentioned, Taylor drops his – uh, his Woj pod today that covers some of the stuff leading up to the trade deadline, uh, including a nugget in there that the Thunder have been getting calls about Kenrich Williams, George Hill, uh, Justin Jackson, and Mike Muscala. He said that he expects them to move at least one of them. Uh, actually, right here. Another on- DMP for the Moose. Yeah, yeah. Another True. one. That's a great point. Another something Justin- we didn't mention. Good point. Justin Jackson racked one up tonight as well. 
Um, here on the Locker Room app, uh, last night, that last night was Wednesday, Wednesday night, uh, Mark Stein was on Locker Room. I got on and chatted with Mark a little bit, asked him about uh, the trade market for Al Horford. And Mark said, there are executives around the league asking what it would take to get Al Horford, uh, what Oklahoma City wants in return for Al and how Al has had a resurging season. Uh, but again, that contract is difficult to trade. So we'll see if anything actually comes of that. Uh, but apparently there is some rumblings around the league as far as getting um, getting Al, making a trade for Al. So kind of what we've all expected, all of these vets uh, are available to be traded for. And I would expect, Woj said, uh, at least one. Uh, I'm to the point where I'm going to be surprised if, I would be very surprised if Muscala and George Hill are on this roster uh, come of uh, and exactly a week from now, next Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Central Time, if both of those guys are still on this roster, I'd be surprised. I'm so excited for the garbage we're going to get back. I think George Hill will have a little bit of value. I think you'll get like a, a legit asset from him. Uh, Mike Muscala, uh, I think your best bet's like a second-round pick, just like what Trevor Ariza got you. <laughs> and yeah. and who, who, men- who mentioned about... Was it Hollinger that mentioned about OKC sending George Hill to Golden State for removing their protections on this year's pick? Yeah, yeah, that was a Hollinger four deal for what four team trade that actually netted Golden State George Hill and, and Aaron Gordon. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, for us and them. Like for that. us and them. Yeah. No, Nick was saying that he would want a little more back in return, which I understand. And I think if it's a four-team trade, you probably get a little more from one of those other teams potentially. But the idea of another guaranteed first-round pick in this draft, yeah, um, I guess you're pretty excited regardless of how how late of a first-rounder it is. And I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking about OKC and one of the teams reported being interested in George Hill is. Are the Clippers, and I'm wondering <laughs> what else do they have to give what besides do you, what they, Yeah, what do they even have to to offer at this point for? Yeah, I, for I, I think their best. Hill? I think their best asset. They have two future Detroit second round picks. Oh god, um, that they got in the Luke Kennard trade. Um, I don't think Detroit's going to be good anytime soon. So that's probably you probably get both of those uh, and one of their younger prospects, like a Mufandu Kamangele. Uh, or uh, what's that other kid's name? Um, Coffee, Isaiah Coffee, or something like that. Somebody like that. You know, that, I that doesn't. Coffee, but he's older. Yeah, he's that, that doesn't get too excited at all. Right. But but somebody like that. Um, so yeah, if anybody here on on locker room right now has any thoughts on any other Thunder trades, uh, Thunder targets, uh, or where they could trade guys to, feel free to hit that request to speak button and jump up and chat. Come with and us. talk to us. Hey, would you trade George Hill and get? If in two suit two second those let's say you get those two future second rounders and Reggie Jackson they wanted to give away Reggie Jackson would you do that? Uh, yes, because I think the Thunder would immediately just turn around and cut Reggie. Uh, that's exactly uh, yep. Yeah. I was gonna say I think I don't think it's a similar situation. Like they, they would cut his contract and might cut him physically as well. <laughs> like take a knife. And how do you think? How do you think? That, okay, do you think OKC fans would receive him well, or do you think every time he he start dribbling the ball, people are like look at this? Biotch. Oh no! I, again, exactly. I think they would legitimately. I think they'd cut his contract. I don't Agreed. think they'd bring him in. 
he Dang. wouldn't play for the Sam Thunder, Presti. Just like Sam Presti burning all the bridges. My God, what if <laughs> I, an interesting one? George Hill to the Boston Celtics. Ooh, you really well. I you got that. my attention for what? what if you could trade for Jalen Brown, obviously, or. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he fits into the trade exception. I don't know if they want to waste that big of a trade exception on on a ten million dollar guy. Say still would have some. You, can, you could trade him for like dollars. like Tristan Thompson, right? Just to bring a contract back, and then Ugh. maybe Boston gives you uh, the same pick that that Golden State gave you uh, okay. a top twenty protected first. That's fair. No oh, man, I hate that. It makes my stomach hurt. <laughs> I mean, Tristan Thompson is just like another Al Horford, right? Gross. Like, he's just like, <laughs> such less talented, yeah, well, I, and, and, less and I don't talented, think younger Al Horford. But I get your yeah, point. I don't think he would play. No, right, right. Uh, they they probably just Trevor Ariza him. Boston could use Al Horford more than they could use George I was Hill. About today, and this is completely off topic, kind of. But Trevor, imagine that me going off topic. But Trevor Ariza going to Miami, right after sitting a season out. Yeah. Or part of a season now. Yeah. Same exact thing that Andre Iguodala did with Memphis. Yeah. And all these teams thought that they were both going to be bought out. They both end up in yeah. Miami at the trade deadline, which is very interesting. One of them is more players, though. too. What if you could do like George Hill for Mike Scott, uh, Tony Bradley, and a protected pick from the Sixers? Yeah, I like that. Because yeah, you're getting the Sixers, a young prospect I mean, they Bradley. Don't have to it. Yeah. Mm. They don't even have to protect and, it because the Sixers are going to yeah. end up with like a 27th pick in the draft anyways because they're they're just so high up on the board right, right now. But um, I like that one a lot. Do you that guys think that Andre Iguodala caught his receding hairline from LeBron while they were playing together? It's <laughs> a strong possibility. Okay. It's contagious, kind of like COVID. Yeah, God. <laughs> Hope not. Minus the side effects. So I don't know, guys, our uh, our chat, um, I, I put in a couple messages, like, you know, ask questions, that kind of thing. Um, and it didn't show up in the chat here on Locker Room. And the Good. last message was eight minutes ago after everybody had been, like, pretty frequently submitting chat questions. So there could be an issue going on with our, you know, uh, asking to request to speak and coming on stage as well. Um, and I can't see your guys' questions in the chat, which is great. Oh, no. Perfect. This is so, you know, I, I, I could play them. I could play Russian roulette and just randomly invite all like one of the oh eight of you guys gosh. onto the stage, but <laughs> wow, <laughs> that might not go great. Locker room having a tough night, man. Locker room, now, having I, a I, tough know. Night. I know. I, I can't see Palmier on the stage. Jacob couldn't talk there for a while, but it's okay. It's okay. This is fun. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap up then. Um, because how many games do we have left until the trade deadline? Is it three? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they play um, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. Yep. Are they going to beat Houston? Is Houston that bad? Houston does have uh, Christian Wood back. And DJ, DJ Augustine will be playing at that point. Oh, my oh. gosh. No, what if Houston what breaks career the streak that again? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that battle. DJ Augustine versus SGA. It's DJ Augustine be- is in because Oladipo like doesn't even care anymore. He's just like that dude might as well just be like farting around and wearing like his pajamas to the game. He does not want <laughs> oh, yeah, to be in Houston. That. Yeah, so man. To, 
as Kamir mentioned, the, the Thunder play Sunday against the Rockets, um, have a back-to-back play the Timberwolves Monday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time, and then they play Wednesday against the Grizzlies. They do not play Thursday, which is the trade deadline, March 25th. They're probably going to go 2-1 and one that stretch. They they definitely could. They absolutely yeah, I'm could. I'm hoping 1-2. and two. I'm hoping 1-2. and two. And, Taylor, <laughs> before we sign off real quick. I was going to say, uh, let them know. <laughs> there's still some there's still some games in action tonight, uh, but the Wizards did upset the Jazz. Uh, we needed the Magic to win. That did not happen. Uh, we need the Pelicans to beat the Blazers as well. But as of right now, the Thunder sit at eighth best uh, lottery odds, only a game and a half up on fifth, which is the Washington Wizards. Nice. Uh, the Wizards are at six behind the worst pick. Thunder at 7.5 behind the worst pick. So it's one and a half games for the Thunder to jump all the way to fifth. Um, two and a half games for them to jump. No, wait. Uh, that's three and a half games to jump to fourth. I don't think they'll get to fourth. I think they Man. can get to fifth, though. Okay. Um, and where the Thunder currently sit, 26% chance to be in the top four and a 6% chance at number one overall. So the hope of two top Five picks. Uh, oh man! As of right now, still is still you're, alive. You're such a tanker, you mother tanker! I get <laughs> off. What are you doing? What are you doing over there, down Normanville? Huh? Normanville. Yeah. Yeah. I was up here more. Why don't, you, why don't you come talk to me, you, you rosy eyed glassed boy? Come, come say it to my face, <laughs> Sis, sissy boy. Well, uh, to Jacob's point, two things there. One, obviously. The NCAA tournament is uh, going to be happening as soon as – well, it technically already happened tonight. You had the mm-hmm. playing games Thursday night. Um, tomorrow, good. though, the official tournament really begins. Super excited for that. A lot of fun prospects to keep your eye on. Yeah. That same Presley will absolutely have his eye on. And then um, the other thing is a trade deadline. Jacob, we have a little, uh, little something, something planned. For next Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah. So on trade deadline day, that would be uh, Thursday, March 25th, uh, at least Taylor and I, maybe some of these other co-hosts. And I might uh, have we'll my be- AirPods in a conference room at work, but <laughs> nope, no I'll problem. be there nevertheless. <laughs> we will be going live on our typical YouTube stream starting at 1 p.m. Central Time, an hour before the official deadline hits. Uh, we will be keeping up with all the Woj, Shams, and Steinbaums. Um, as, as we go in that final hour of the deadline, we'll break down all the rumors and the deals as they come through. So if you are stuck at work on deadline day, no problem. Just log on to Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. You can listen and watch Taylor and I and whichever of our other co-hosts joins us uh, as we carry you guys through uh, the last hour of the trade deadline, so it should be a lot of Hopefully, fun. Hopefully, there will be some, uh, some Thunder fireworks. Yeah. Also, not just YouTube, Jacob. Uh, we'll be on Restream, which means YouTube, um, Periscope, and what's the other one? We have one more. Oh, Facebook. Facebook. I said those three. You, you, well, you correct Jack, yourself later on. Remember, remember when we did this like a year or two ago and absolutely like nothing happened? We thought there were a lot of things that were going to happen. Year before that, nothing yes. happened. Like the year before that, we were super excited like the year yeah. after because the year before it was just like back to back to back the last like 30 minutes of the trade deadline. And but, even ooh. afterwards, there was trades that were leaking out like. 10 minutes after the deadline was over. And then, yeah, we uh, we went live the next season, and it was just like, well, 
this person was traded. Here's here's <laughs> a good here's a good question that we can end the podcast on previewing that you know because I'm always here thinking we go galaxy thinking brain, ahead right they always you thinking teachers. ahead man. Um, what is in again okay I guess that would make sense. I was gonna say the mo- <laughs> in the modern modern NBA for OKC, but that would just be OKC. So in OKC's like existence, what do you think is their best trade deadline acquisition? Oh man! And I know you guys want to say Randy Foy so bad. <laughs> God, remember that one time we picked up Derek Fisher from a free agency? Hell's yeah! <laughs> uh, that's oh, a good question. Gosh. There's, there's. Is this Amo at the trade deadline, or am I making that up? I might be making that up. What? Amo? No, uh, he was he was a free agent. Yeah. Oh, so that was a free agent because for a uh, while he was OKC's biggest free agency. Uh, would it be Karan yeah. Butler? Butler. Butler's a good one. That Ennis Cancer's a good up. one. I like yep. I like the Ennis Cancer one. Um, trying to think of what other big ones they've pulled off. They did the Cameron Payne right? Cameron Payne trade at the deadline. Oh yeah, right? Ta- Taj Gibson. Taj and Gibson. Doug McDermott and, uh, is probably yeah. their best deal. Yep. Mm-hmm. For Cameron Payne, God, what was Chicago? I did it. Think? I know. Jesus, I mean, hey, Cameron Payne's been looking good for the Suns, but you know, as <laughs> only good as about Cameron like five years later. Like, yeah, come yeah, on, exactly. man. Right. Yeah, he uh, he pretty much went. <laughs> he pretty much scooted his way up to man, Chicago I remember, on his little knee scooter. No, man. They, <laughs> the year the year that OKC did the Ennis Canner trade, they also did the Singler Augustine trade. Yeah, it was all one big deal. I oh, know. And I, I thought, that was the year they were almost going to do the Brooke Lopez deal. That's we right. Were so excited it, for we thought we were getting like, Brooke yeah, Lopez a stretch shooter because you, you and me were like going to Brahms for lunch, and I was like, oh man, I can't wait for them to get Brooke Lopez and uh, <laughs> and Jared Jack, and yep. uh, and Jack, man. like last second, it was in sixth hour. <laughs> it was like two something o'clock, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like right before the deadline, watch is like, oh god. And then all of a sudden, there's like after the dust had settled, you found out you got Ennis Cantor and DJ Augustine basically, and like you know Steve, whatever his name, Novak. I almost called him Wozniak. Uh, <laughs> Novak, I forgot. And, and uh, you know whoever else. I thought DJ Augustine. I always thought DJ Augustine and Ennis Cantor would do a lot of good for OKC that season, and like mm-hmm. Ennis Cantor did to his credit. And DJ Augustine kind of fell short of my expectations, but then after his comments after the season, where he was like, "Well, people aren't people in the Magic aren't playing for stats and uh, yeah. all that stuff," so I'm disappointed in him. <laughs> Long story that was short, a, uh, I mean that Brooke I'm Lopez. Man, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I know, I know, we're ranting. We we got to get off of here, but the Brooke Lopez deal called me. I remember it was so close. Yeah, that very. there was reporting they, they afterwards like, that Brooke yeah, pulled him off the bus and said, "Hey, you can't play because you're getting traded." And then <laughs> Presti That's called wild. him like five minutes for the deadline. Was like, "I yeah, no f you. I'm going a different direction." <laughs> and That's awesome. It is Cantor. It is super tough, and we'll never trade with the Nets again. Never probably say soon. never. So, all right. Well, uh, I think that's probably all we got, right, Taylor? I think that's all we got. That was a uh, that was perfect. We covered the game for what it was worth. <laughs> we predicted the trade deadline, and um, you know, and, and we reminisced on some previous OKC trade trade deadlines. So, um, really fun stuff. Appreciate you guys joining me. 
uh, especially us <laughs> not being able to bring on our listeners on stage here. But we do greatly appreciate all of our listeners here in the locker room chat. We had a good group the entire podcast. Greatly appreciate you all. Um, thank you guys for tuning along today and tonight as we tweeted along with the game. We'll have you guys covered um, on Sunday, as we mentioned, as the Thunder will play. I guess they have three more games now until a week from now, Thursday, the trade deadline, which we also will have you guys covered for, as we mentioned. And uh, until next time, Thunder up. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.